How does a broker-dealer grid payout compare to an RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA question and answer series. It is question number 40. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition your practice to the RA model. Uh, so in today's question, we're gonna talk about, you know, how does your broker-dealer grid? So for those of you that are currently at a broker-dealer, whether you're in an employee model, perhaps at a wirehouse, maybe a regional firm, or even an independent broker-dealer firm, you know, how does that, how does that broker-dealer grid payout compare to the RA model. Uh, now, I did do a previous question and answer, and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, you know, on, on what kind of bottom line take home can you expect to receive as your own RIA? And I'll, I'll, I'll circle back and briefly touch on that at the end of this, at this Q&A, uh, because it'll correspond with talking about that grid payout and how it compares. Um, but it is, it is important to first kind of understand to make sure you're even looking at your grid payout currently correctly to know how to compare it to what that RA model is. So a couple of things on, on today's uh, video here I wanted to do is go through that and then, and then talk about again, how it compares to that of what you might be able to receive in the RA model. Uh, so, so first things first, you know, all, all the time, a big, a big topic of conversation when I'm talking to advisors about the RA model is naturally they want to understand the economics of the RA model. And so uh, qu quite frankly, the two biggest drivers, I talk about this all the time, of why advisors transition their practices into the RA model is the economics and the flexibility. And, and a, a lot of the questions and answers that, I, that I've done a series here for address both of those topics in one form or another, but, but certainly economics is a, is a big part of that. And so, when that question comes up, well, well, you know, how much, how much more could I make? I've been told I can make more as my own RA, more bottom line compensation. So how much more could I make? And, and the first part of how I answer that, and that's what comes back to here, this broker dealer grid payout conversation is I first say, well, well, what are you making now? And, and invariably uh, the advisor I'm talking to, you know, ponders, okay, well this year, because of my production, I'm in the, you know, the little grid table in the, in the comp plan says at, at my production level, I'm, I'm getting 45% or whatever the case may be. And, and that's kind of oftentimes all that's looked at. So it's like, okay, I'm making 45% now. Tell me how much I could make. What, what kind of bottom line take home percent could I make in that RIA model? And I say, okay, well, we'll, we'll get to that. But, but first let's consider that 45%. And, and, and that, that would be perhaps like an employee model or if I'm talking to someone in an in independent broker-dealer model, they might say, oh, I'm making a 90% a payout or an 88% payout or something along those lines. And again, it's because they're looking at what that, what that grid rate apparently tells them they're making. And, and I always then ask, I say, okay, so you, you looked in the comp plan for the grid, right? Yes, that's, that's where the numbers are. And I said, well, so was the comp plan only a, a one-page comp plan? Because if, if all you had to do was just look at one table and that told you everything, then, then clearly it's a one-page comp plan. And, and of course, that's not the case. Comp plans are 15, sometimes 20 plus pages. And the reason is because while that grid rate of your broker deal might be fairly simple to put in a table, 
The next 15 plus pages of a comp plan are usually ways they then take money back away from you. And so I'll give you a couple of examples of what that is, but the, the, the underlying point is, okay, just because you, you think it's 45%, what really matters at the end of the day is solely what goes in your pocket at the end of the day, not what this stated published grid rate is, because again, 15 plus pages to follow deduct from that. So, so just some examples of things I've seen and different firms do different things. And, and, and you can maybe unfortunately relate to some of these. So uh, as an example, some firms pay 0% payout on, on small accounts. And you might think, well, I don't really have that many small accounts or I'm not trying to get small accounts. And that's, that's certainly fine. But I would tell you, I've seen that, that kind of hurdle to not receive 0% seems to increase at some of these firms over time. So at one point it was generally, hey, maybe if you had a, an account under 100,000, uh, you got 0% and you think, okay, well, I don't have too many of those. Uh, but now I've heard as high as 250,000, that the account's now at least $250,000, the relationship's now at least $250,000, you get paid zero. So let's, you, you might not have many of those, but let's say you do have some of those. And, and by the way, some of those might one day be very good large clients for you. They just at the moment, perhaps early in their career or at a younger age, just have a smaller net worth at the moment. And here you are penalized for working with those people is one day they're going to be hopefully much bigger clients. But the idea is, let's say you do have a number of those that are getting 0%. Okay, so you, you have to run that math and you got to say, okay, if, if this slice of my, my client base, I'm getting paid zero on, well, after I extrapolate that out and, and maybe again, assume there's no other variables, I'm getting 45% on the rest. But when, when you run that math, maybe I'm only making 43% because of that goose egg on, on part of it. So again, you, you have to run that math to say in aggregate, what is my actual take-home grid amount, not just what the stated broker-dealer grid payout amount is. Um, another example, I've seen some comp plans that, that pay 0%, uh, for instance, on like the first 3% of production every month. Not necessarily any good reason for it, just, hey, the first 3% that you've done at the end of the month, whatever that number is, you get 0% on. So again, and, and, it, and it's, you get, it's, you know, take steps to go through if you were to actually do it and, and get out a spreadsheet or calculator or whatever. But you do have to factor in that 0%, extrapolate it out to the rest of the, the, the assets and say, what effectively is my actual payout grid at that rate or at that moment? Um, there's also comp plans that unless you refer over so many clients per year to, to perhaps the bank channel for banking products, or maybe you don't do a financial plan for X number of clients per year. Uh, if you don't reach any of those hurdles, you get penalized. Now, I'm not suggesting that a financial plan for a client's not a good idea. And sometimes even banking products are good ideas for clients. I, I just of the belief that it should be the advisor-client relationship that drives whether any of those tools or services are a good fit for the client. Not because the advisor is going to get penalized for not implementing something that arguably maybe the client doesn't even realize. And, and you know, the firms and the comp plans generally put a spin on this. They, they won't say, oh, you get penalized. So they won't say, oh, uh, your grid rate's 45% and, and you're going to go down to, to 43%. Now, what, what they do when they implement those sorts of things, they usually say, oh, congratulations, we have raised your payout 
from 45% up to 47% or whatever the number is. And, and, and now you think, oh, wow, okay, I have a higher payout. But, but unless you do these banking products or services or, or whatever, then we're going we're gonna to bring you back down to this 45% level. And so they, they kind of put some spin on it as if they're doing you some favor. Oh, we're giving you a higher amount and now you just have to do this to maintain it. Again, it's, it's all spin. It, it should be based on what you feel is best for the client, not some arbitrary number of X number of plans a year, X number of referrals to the banking team to be able to not be penalized or rewarded however they want to, however they want to position, uh, you know, going up and down on the grid amount. Um, and then just, just a, a, a last example, and I've seen this in the independent channel uh, quite frequently where, where I'll talk to someone in the independent broker dealer channel and they say, okay, what, what pay are you making? And they, and they state a very high number, maybe 90%. And they say, ah, there's no reason for me to look at the RIA. There's, there's not a big enough gap there. And I know then I have to pay for things like compliance, which by the way, I did a whole video on that as well. Um, and the reality is, again, you gotta, you gotta start digging into it. And, and, and a perfect example of an advisor team I was talking not too long ago, and, and they said, oh yeah, I think it was, I think it was even like 92%. That's what they said. Oh, that's, that's their payout credit. Well, then it turns out two, two major factors. Uh, there were transaction charges in the client's accounts every time they did a trade that was being absorbed or, or assessed to the advisors, not the clients. And when you ran that math, that was coming up to about four to 5% of what their, their total uh, production was, was now being essentially haircut down because they were having to pay that themselves. And then it turns out, oh, on the advisory part of their assets at their, at their independent broker dealer, not, not the commission part, but their advisory assets. They're also charged a basis point platform fee or whatever you want to call it. And, it. and that was another couple basis points. And so basically when you stopped and actually ran, again, I always say run the aggregate math, their 92% payout was all of a sudden down in the mid to low 80% payout. And, and, and that's, that's a, well, that's still, you know, perhaps more than 45%. Now they have, they have costs as an independent broker dealer uh, advisor, they have to cover but the idea is you can't just look at that stated grid rate out of a, a grid payout rate of a broker dealer, because again, these folks, they defaulted, oh, we're getting 92%. Well, no, it turns out you're getting low to mid 80%. And, that, and that's a big difference with a, with a larger practice. Uh, and then the last variable, again, this doesn't cover all of them is, you know, to the degree your firm requires part of your payout go into deferred comp. And of course they spin that with some, you know, oh, well, we do this for the, the future partnership of our relationship and blah, blah, blah. No, that, that's just golden handcuffs. That is just to keep you in your seat. But the reality is that is your income. They are withholding from you in the year you are earning it and pushing it to some far off date for no other reason than to make it harder for you to ever want to leave their firm. Again, how advisor friendly is that? But again, you have to factor that into what actually goes into your pocket at the end of the year, not just what the, the again, the state of grid rate, because if some of that's deferred, you're not really receiving it in one day, you might very well have to walk away from it because you change firms. So don't mentally even think of it as income at this point, because you haven't received it uh, at, at that point in the year. So the, the next thing I point out to advisors after I kind of walk them through that kind of painful exercise is I also challenge them. I say, okay, hey, so think about it. We'll, we'll use the employee model. So that, that, that example of 45% advisor, 
you know, I say, hey, do you, so, right, the inverse, if you're paying, if you're receiving 45%, you are, you are paying 55% to the broker dealer. And I say, hey, do you, do you get an itemized bill for that 55% to show you what you're paying? And the reality is, no, you don't, right? It's a, it's a bundled bill and they don't even present it to you. It just naturally comes out of your, your fees and commissions as they come in, it goes through the grid and then just what is left over nets, as we just talked about, into your account. And you get, you get no kind of accounting of what all exactly you're paying for, for that 55%. And I, I always say to advisors, I say, hey, when you go to a restaurant and the, and the bill comes at the end of the meal, is it just a is it just a bundled bill or just a flat dollar amount or do they itemize it for you so you can make sure you know exactly what you're paying for, uh, what the dollar amount of each item is and, and and that helps you decide okay hey maybe maybe I want to come back to this place in the future maybe I don't oh I didn't realize these these things were going to be so expensive, uh, you know or another example you go to a, a hotel when you go to check out do you just get a bundled bill with $1 amount at the bottom and that's it. And you don't ask any questions or do you actually like to see that itemized bill to say, okay, yeah, I got to pay some room rate. I got to pay some taxes. Uh, here's some auxiliary spending I did while I was here. Yeah. You insist on an itemized bill, but, but yet when it comes to your broker dealer grid payout, you just accept this bundled bill of 55% or whatever the math comes to, with, with no questions asked. And I'd say, well, how can you know if you're getting good value for that if, you, if you're not even getting that itemized bill? And of course, it's not that they're withholding it for you. They, they, they can't easily tabulate that at all because of the nature of how they are set up to, to be able to show you exactly what you're paying for. And so along with that, a thing I challenge advisors to, I challenge you to consider, and we're going to use this, this example, this advisor with a 45% payout. And, and for all the reasons I said previously, Arguably, that's probably like a 40% payout, not a 45% payout when you run all that math. But, but for simplicity, I'll, I'll, and to, to play nice, I'll even, I'll even assume somehow you're actually getting that 45% that the grid rate says. Um, so if you are, as an example, a $1 million producing advisor, so in the year you've produced a million dollars, we're going to use real simple numbers here, and you're getting that 45%. That, that of course means 55% you're paying, paying to your broker dealer. Or put differently, that's $550,000 you are paying to your broker dealer. So what I challenge advisors to, I challenge you to consider this is imagine how you would feel if instead of how it works now where your fees and commissions just go behind the scenes through a payout grid, and then everything gets deducted and then just what's left over goes in your pocket. Imagine if instead 100% of your fees and commissions went into your pocket throughout the year, 100% into your pocket, a million dollars into your pocket. And then once a year, at the end of the year, your firm presents you a bundled bill, again, not, not itemized. In this case, our example, million dollar advisor, 45% payout, so the, the broker dealers retain in 55%. They give you a bill for $550,000. You have to take out your checkbook. You have to write a check for $550,000 and give it to your firm. So number one, again, you, you like an itemized bill on a $100 restaurant tab. Imagine a $550,000 bill that you're not getting an itemized bill for. So that's number one. And then number two, what I challenge you, 
again, that example, you can run your own math, is ask yourself, am I getting $550,000 worth of value and services from the broker dealer in return for me having to write that check every year? Now, make no mistake, absolutely you're getting value, particularly if you are given an office, if you are given perhaps a, a sales assistant, if you are given health benefits, there, there's absolutely value in there. The question is, when you add up what you feel you are receiving to help you as an advisor to, uh, to grow your practice, is it, in this example, worth $550,000? Or could you perhaps go out and, and build the same set of value and services on your own? So go out and get your own office, pay for your own sales assistant, pay for your own health insurance. Could you build that out for less than $550,000? And if you can, for instance, under the RIA model, the difference between what you're currently paying in your bundled bill now and what you build out on your own with your own itemized bill, the delta between those two amounts in the RA model goes straight to your bottom line. That's why the economics generally are so much better in the RA model because you control those expenses. You control how much or what you want to spend money on, how much you want to spend money on. And, and you, can, you can decide whether you want to go extravagant or more modest in certain uh, you know, expense items. And, and because you have control over it, it's not just this giant bundled bill. So again, I, I challenge you, figure out what the inverse of your payout is. So what, what's not going in your pocket is what, is what the, your firm is retaining. And mentally think how you would feel if instead of it just magically coming out behind the scenes and you just only netting into your bank account, the, the end amount is if, if you had to write a check once a year for that dollar amount, would you be satisfied that you are getting good value and services for your money? If you do feel you are, by all means, you might be in a great situation and, and perhaps you can't do better elsewhere or you wouldn't want to try to do better elsewhere. You could say, wow, this is an incredible deal and the value they are providing me is incredible and is worth every penny of the $550,000. If you don't feel that's the case, that's what leads a lot of advisors to explore the economics of the RAA model where you do get to control those expense items and where you can build out your own value proposition. And, 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 and again, to the degree you can do it for less or, or, and or just do it better that in, in, in how you arrange things. And, and that's the, the better suite of services that you prefer anyway. Again, those savings go right into your pocket at the end of the day. So with, with that background, with that exercise, again, figure out what your actual payout is, not just what the grid rate says. That's number one. Then the next thing, then ask yourself, am I getting the value for what I am paying for? Because again, you are paying for it. And again, it's a bundled bill. You don't even know what all is going into that. They're just presenting you one bill. Are you comfortable writing that check for a bundled bill every year for what you get in return? And then compare it in the RIA world of how the economics works. So two, two quick things on this. So in the RA world, oftentimes you hear it talks about a 100% payout in the RAA model. And in, it's, it's not technically correct, I'll tell you what, but, but to, to cut right to it, yes, you do retain 100% of the fees that you generate, your clients generate for you under your RA. 100% goes to you. 
it's it's the only reason I I I said oh it's not technically because technically it's not a payout. When those fees come out of your client's account, they are uh, they are sent directly to you. Those fees do not go to the custodian first. Those key, those fees do not go through the custodian's PL. They are not considered revenue for the custodian. So it's it's not really in the sense of a payout because it's not like the money goes to the custodian and they have some payout amount, which in this case happens to be 100%, they remit onto you. The, the custodian, for lack of a better term, when they when they debit the fees out of a client's account and remit it to you, is essentially just a courtesy for you. So you don't have to go and ask your clients to, to write you a check every quarter or, or whatever the case may be, that it, it, it's just automatically done for you. So technically, it's not even a a payout, but to be sure, it is 100% of that goes to you. Now, from that, you, of course, then need to build out your own set of value and services like we talked about. To, to be fair, your current firm, if you're a broker deal, is, is hopefully absolutely providing you some value and services. You will need to replicate that in whatever fashion you want in the RAA world. And again, you get to decide how extravagant the office is, how many members of your team you want on there. All those sorts of things, you get to decide that. So from that 100%, you do need to cover all of your expenses. And then the question is, hey, what at the end of the day, generally, what can I what can I take home? And so again, I did a whole separate video on that. But uh, in a nutshell, a reasonably run, reasonably sized RIA can generally expect to net before owner's compensation. So before you pay yourself about 60 to 70% of that top line number. So again, and again, this, there's all kinds of variables where, where you could be on the lower end of that, higher end of that, perhaps even outside of that range, but but because every every situation is unique and different. But generally speaking, again, a reasonably run, reasonably sized RA can generally expect to receive 60 to 70% net before owner's compensation. And so just compare that to what you might be make, truly making now. Again, not just what the broker-dealer payout grid says, but what actually goes in your pocket and what is that difference? And is that difference enough to say, hey, maybe I should explore this RA model a little more, uh, understand it more, understand the economics. Maybe it is something for me. Maybe it's not, but usually that variance is so big that it absolutely makes sense to at least uh, explore it further and say, hey, let me learn more about this. This might be for me. So with that, uh, I hope you found value on today's video. Like I said, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RA, and, and this is the sort of thing I help advisors with all day long is helping talk through how the model works, how the economics work. Again, we talked earlier about flexibility comes up big in the conversation. So if this is the sort of thing you'd like me to help you think through of, hey, what's your current situation and what, what might I be able to do under my own RIA? Happy to connect with you on that. Uh, if you're not already there, if you head on over to transition2ria.com, uh, that's my website. You can find all kinds of free information. Um, I have all kinds of videos, all kinds of podcasts, white papers, uh, all kinds of things to help you learn about the model. And then the easiest way is just to, you'll see it on every page as a contact link. Uh, you can quickly and easily uh, click on that and schedule right then and there a specific time for us to connect and have that one-on-one -on -one conversation to talk about topics just like this and how it would look for your specific practice. So with that, I hope you found value on today's video and I'll see you on the next one.